Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. If you were a fan of 70s or 80s rock ballads, you cannot hear the words of this morning's gospel text without the accompaniment from Godspell, the musical. No one? No one, really. Okay, all right. Thank you, someone. I will spare you the gift of my own recounting of the classic cult favorite, but let's just say it changes the tone of Jesus' message. But I digress. Salt and light. Two of the most ordinary common substances, both in Jesus' time and ours. The ordinary nature is perhaps part of the point in referring to each. The thing that is inherently instructive about both salt and light is that their essence and purpose are one in the same. Their essence and purpose are one in the same. Salt has no purpose without its ability to enhance the natural qualities of the flavors with which it is combined. Light ceases to be what it is When its luminescent qualities are absent, it becomes something else altogether, darkness. Without their essential properties, the purpose of salt and light cease to be. I like to think that Jesus was well aware of this when he used these substances for this lesson. The invitation before us this morning in Holy Scripture is both basic and completely revolutionary. Jesus' teachings... His way of being, his invitation to his followers, represented something altogether new. What Jesus modeled was a sharp turn from the legalistic nature of the religion he grew up with. It was also a strong counter-narrative to the reality of life under an oppressive regime. What Jesus taught was both so basic and yet deeply countercultural. In this morning's text, Jesus says to those who are gathered on the mountain, who you are is enough. God created you exactly the way God intended. Jesus doesn't invite them to become something or someone they are not. Jesus wants them to lean in to exactly who they are, a beautifully, imperfectly perfect human in need of God's grace and mercy. Jesus calls them to embody, both in spirit and in substance, who God made them to be. In other words, Jesus calls them to embrace both their essence and their fundamental purpose. The other thing about this seemingly basic text that is worth pointing out is grammatical. The you Jesus uses in the original Greek is not in the singular. The you is used in the plural state, meaning Jesus is not offering a prescription for self-improvement. Jesus was speaking to a group of followers who have the potential to become a community of followers. Jesus was speaking to a group of neighbors gathered on a hillside to listen to him preach. Jesus was speaking to a group of neighbors gathered on a hillside (laughs) to hear him preach. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? (laughs) Jesus is not talking about the effectiveness of a single grain of salt changing the nature of a hearty lentil soup. 
Jesus is talking about the dish of salt that brings the soup to life. Or as I often like to say, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about us, St. Michael's. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. What a perfect reminder for the occasion of our annual meeting. We get to be salt and light for a world so desperately in need of good news. This past year, I've tried to bring a bit more focus to this calling from Jesus, borrowing words from elsewhere in scripture and frequently deployed by our presiding bishop, the invitation to become beloved community. To be clear, this has not been a shift in our essence or our purpose, but a framing of that which was already true. In a world where people are painfully lonely, in need of belonging and purpose, we were created for each of those things. We are a community committed to the identity we celebrate in baptism, designed to share God's mercy and grace. Or in other words, it is our lifelong essence and purpose to become beloved community. Now, for my deeply analytical people, let me try and be a little more clear as to exactly what this looks like. It looks like showing up here on Sunday morning when you're tired and not really interested in being around people. It looks like entertaining that deeper nudge as an agent of the Holy Spirit, reminding you that you've committed to life in a beautiful, messy community. It looks like doing something that doesn't always feel great in the moment because deep down you know that community doesn't happen unless we all show up, good days and bad, as our perfectly imperfect selves. It is our essence and purpose to remember that community is always in the process of becoming beloved. It looks like having the courage to maneuver over your pew mate, pull a sticker from a windowsill, and crawl on the floor to help decorate a poster. Commitment to becoming beloved community means that we are willing to place aside the narratives in our head, which are constantly telling us what we should do, what we can't do, and what other people think of us for the sake of something much more meaningful. It means that you'll take a risk on something ridiculous that your rector dreams up because deep down you know that dreams are the very nature and substance of God's kingdom vision. It is our essence and purpose as a community of beloved followers of God to attend to those dreams. It looks like sharing a meal and telling stories. We're nearing the end of our most recent round of sharing faith gatherings Fellow parishioners have opened their homes and shared generous hospitality. Likewise, you have generously shared of your time to get to know parishioners who you may only recognize in passing and have been courageous enough to do something deeply countercultural, share a bit of your own faith story. In so doing, you have each demonstrated your ability to live into the essence and purpose of this community. Let me challenge you a little bit on this. This has been a deeply meaningful season of sharing faith gatherings. But I wonder, I wonder if we might continue to gather and share our faith without a formal invitation or schedule to do so. I wonder what it might look like for you to take a risk 
to look around and identify a few people you don't know well and invite them to share a meal at your house. I wonder what it might look like to reach out to that parishioner from Lomax who you keep running into when our communities gather together and finally invite her and her family to join you for dinner. It is our essence and purpose to continue to become beloved community. It looks like gathering together over many weeks, many pages and many minutes of film to take part in a sacred ground dialogue circle. So many of you by now have committed to telling the difficult, vulnerable truths of our families of origin and the legacy of the church you choose to call home. The gift of a community like this is that you can unearth these profoundly painful realities and create a safe space to be curious about the truths we tell moving forward, about who we are, who we hope to be as salt and light. It is our essence and our purpose to become beloved community. And if none of those examples resonate with you, let me offer a final one that you simply cannot avoid. In just a moment, we'll move to the Lord's table and celebrate Holy Communion, a symbolic act that both tells the story of our faith and invites us to embody something, to embody that which we are hoping to receive. St. Augustine preached a sermon in the fourth century and said it much more eloquently, behold what you are, become what you receive. Behold what you are, become what you receive. In receiving the body of Christ, we become the body of Christ. Our worship on Sunday is the primary and regular reminder to embody, both in spirit and in substance, who God has made us to be. Jesus was speaking to a group of neighbors gathered on a hillside to hear him preach. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about us, St. Michael's. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. It is our essence and purpose to become God's beloved community. Amen. Amen.